Welcome to the Quilt Shop Podcast, where we talk with quilt and sewing retailers from all across the country about the challenges of running their business and how they succeed. I'm your host, Spencer Wright. All right, I am here with Todd Warnock from Palmetto Stitches and Quilts. Todd, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is we're recording here in November. Uh, for us, it has gotten quite frigid. Um, which, if any of you listen to the podcast, then you know that I often comment on how much I dislike the uh, the cold. But Todd, you're in South Carolina. What's it like for you guys? Is it, I mean, you're just going into like perfect weather season. Is that how that works? So it depends on who you ask. If you ask me, uh, it's perfect weather season. It was high 30s, low 40s last night. Um, it'll be up in the probably 70s today. Um, my wife would say that it's uh, been, we're in the we're in the heat of the winter now, but uh, that's, that's not necessarily yeah. the case. So yeah, I mean, winter, winter for you guys, uh, you know, spring and fall for us really. But uh, you know, what else that means? And, and Todd, you and I were talking about this before we, we started recording is, you know, we're really going into busy season for coat shops and for retailers alike. Right? Correct. And, um, you know, for you guys, how are you feeling going into what is really such an important time for retailers? Yeah, so for us, we're uh, you know we're excited. We just came off of uh, two months of the uh, All Carolina Shop Hop, and uh, and business was great. We came off of a move uh, to a new facility, which coincidentally started the first day of the Shop Hop, um, and you know we're in a we're in a relatively small town in a, a medium sized county in South Carolina. There's about sixty five hundred people in the city, about sixty five thousand people in the county. Um, and so Camden's the heart, uh, it's the county seat and retail is ramping up. Um, and a lot of changes going on in our town. So it's a, it's, it's a good time to be in retail in in our little town. I love that. I love that. And, you know, Todd, I guess before we kind of go much further, um, maybe you could give us a little background on how your shop got started and how you really got into the quilting industry. Sure. So, um, so as you and I were talking before the uh, kind of before the start, my wife and I neither one uh, grew up in retail. We didn't grow up in uh, the sewing and quilting world. Um, at least I didn't grow up in the sewing and the quilting world. My background's technology. My wife's background. She's a full time nurse practitioner. Um, but she grew up sewing and she grew up quilting. And um, seven years ago, we lost our son. Um, a horrible medical condition. Um, and so my wife being in the healthcare business, we had, we kind of dealt with it for a number of years, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, she needed a place that was kind of a respite. She needed a place to get away from hospitals and, you know, she was working there every day and we had been there with our son. And so there was a small quilt shop in town and that was her, um, she tells people that was her happy place. So she'd go and she'd hang out at the, at the quilt shop and, and so we were we were in there one day. The the two uh, the couple that owned it they were an older couple um, having some health issues. And one day uh, I had stopped by just to kind of see what Kelly was doing, and uh, they said, you know, we're we're tired of this place. We we just we just need to get out. And I kind of half jokingly said, Kelly, you just ought to you just ought to buy the quilt shop. And um, at the rest, I guess, as they say, is history. We. Uh, um, we did some due diligence. We spent spent some time uh, trying to figure out what it meant to go into retail, and um, 
we actually purchased the shop a couple of months before we actually signed everything a couple of months before the beginning of 2020 and then uh, opened the doors officially on January the 1st, 2020 as Palmetto Stitches and Quilts. Um, and as I mentioned to you, kind of our, our moniker was a new name, new owners, new experience. So it was, a, it was an established quilt shop that we thought we might could improve on, which was a little bold coming from people who had no retail experience and no experience in the quilting world. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree. And I think, I mean, from what I've seen, I think you guys have done a really incredible job. I do want to say I'm really sorry about your son. Thank you. Um, and, and just that situation. I think, um, you know, hearing about quilt shops as a place of refuge um, and, and just um, kind of quilting as a hobby and the way that it can really, I think, heal the heart in, in a lot of ways. And not that it ever takes away that pain completely, but, you know, I just... Thank you for sharing sure. that, and and I'm really sorry. Thank you. Um, well, Todd, I'm curious. So one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on this podcast is um, you're in a small town, and, you know, relatively, but sure. you know, I think all things considered, a small town in a you know smallish county. Um, but you're not the only quilt shop, is that correct? That's correct. There's there's two other quilt shops. Um, one of the quilt shops has been around um, slightly longer than we have. <coughs> And um, the other quilt shop, uh, there was, there's been three quilt shops since we started. Uh, a quilt shop closed and kind of another shop was born out of that shop. So, uh, so there, there are three quilt shops in town. We're, we're very different. Um, we're, the, we're the largest, especially after our last move, but, uh, um, but, but two other quilt shops and they kind of have their niche. And we're uh, one of them, literally, we, uh, when we talk to other people about the quilt shop, you can look out our front window and look to their back door. So, um, relatively close. Oh, wow. And then the other one's, um, 1.2 miles from our, uh, from our front door. So. Okay. In interesting. So I have some follow-ups on that. Sure. And, and one of the reasons I want to really dig in on this is I think, um, as far as people who listen to this podcast, I think it's a lot of people who currently own shops. I know that I, you know, I often hear from people who are considering opening a shop. Um, that's when you kind of come across this. And so, I think kind of talking about the way that you think uh, in the process of opening a shop is important. Um, so when you guys were considering opening opening Palmetto, uh, you know, Stitches and Quilts, was there any concern that, you know, the population level and the existing shops, like basically that the market was already too saturated? Were you concerned that, uh, I mean, I guess you were in some ways taking over a current shop, but still I'm sure that was something that was a concern. Yeah, so so it was interesting. You know, it's funny you don't you don't know what you don't know. So we didn't have any retail experience, um, but as we looked at it, so the previous shop, um, the previous shop was making what I would consider. You know, we talk about it all the time. Nobody gets into the quilting business to get to get rich, but they were they were sure. they were making a little bit of money. Um, and while we didn't know anything about the quilting business, um, both of us had you know kind of grown up in industries where customer service was really a big deal. So we looked at it and said, um, you know, we can, here's the things that we know we can improve on. We know we can improve on customer service. We know we can improve on relationships. We had some ideas on some things that didn't make money um, that we could get rid of and some things that we might add that, uh, that, you know, might, might kind of help us. So we, we looked at it from the perspective of that we could make something that was making a little bit of money better. Um, 
So I, I don't know that we ever worried that, you know, I, from day one, I don't think we ever worried that we're going to get in this and, you know, the competition's going to drive us out of the business uh, or drive us out of business. The, the largest, um, the, the shop that closed was a huge shop um, and much, much larger than us. Um, and they, they, they closed um, because of customer service issues was, was one of the factors that, that kind of drove them, um, you know, drove them out of town. Got it. Okay. So, so from what I'm hearing, um, you know, no major concerns with, you know, market saturation or anything. It was more like if we come in and we do things the way we know they should be done, you know, and IE really make a focus on customer experience and maybe, you know, you know, trim some of the things that aren't so efficient, you know, financially and, and cut some of those things and, and bring in new programs um, that you were like, yeah, I think we're pretty confident that we're going to be able to make this work because we know that, you know, we're going to provide an excellent experience to our customer, regardless of, of, you know, any shops in the area. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing I think, um, you know, we had, um, we had all these ideas. And so, you know, like I said, we spent six months kind of looking at the shop and trying to figure out what we're going to do. Um, I started listening to podcasts on business and retail and customer experience and, you know, how does Walmart do it? How does, um, you know, how does Hobby Lobby do it? And, and so we figured out, you know, we began to pick the things that we wanted to do. And for us, one of the things that we saw, um, so we're in the heart of South Carolina and about four hours away is Asheville, North Carolina. And Asheville is the nearest place to us that has three quilt shops. So for us, we looked at it and said, rather than look at this and say, this is going to be a competitive disadvantage, why don't we leverage, Cammon's a kind of a destination town, we've got a historic battlefield, we've got a lot of people that antique come here. So we looked at it and said, there's three quilt shops here, rather than, you know, try to drive the other two quilt shops out of business and be the, the only game, let's, let's leverage what is and... Uh, and make it a destination. So that was one of our kind of marketing strategies was to reach out to, we reached out to guilds, we reached out to, you know, other places around the state, uh, into Southern North Carolina, Northern Georgia, and said, look, there, this, you can come here, you can spend the day. Um, we've got relationships with restaurants and we can get you a great deal on a meal. Um, so come and spend the day and, you know, it, it's worth your while because there's three of us. Um, to come and, and to shop and, and be here all day or be here for the weekend. Okay. I think that is like a soundbite that we're going to have to, I'm probably going to go back and listen to that again. Cause I think that is just such a brilliant strategy with, you know, if you are in an area that has other quote shops, how do you use that um, to your advantage? Basically, how do you, leverage each other right and i'm sure that that the other stores feel that same way right is that like the more that you can make your town a destination in this scenario the better it is for all of you guys right like trying to fight for the same customer dollars doesn't necessarily make sense but bringing in new dollars from the outside that could make a lot more sense right and so i think that kind of the strategy of how do we look at Asheville? How do we look at, you know, Camden as a destination and then improve upon that? And, you know, I assume that you just you, earlier, you mentioned that you had just finished up with the South Carolina shop hop. I assume that that is just another part of this, right? It's just all in the same vein of how do we draw people to Camden? Correct. That's yeah, a absolutely. And, and so for us, um, you know, we, we kind of joke, what we want them to do is we want them to come to Camden. Um, 
but we want them to come to Camden. We want them to come to Camden, but we want them to come to us first. And so, uh, yeah, you know, we, we <laughs> no, I, that makes sense. But you know, we we've we've kind of joked, but we reach out to these guilds and we say, listen, if you'll come, um, here here here's what we'll do for you. So so a, a guild comes and you know where a normal day for us, you know, we may we may have. You know, on a, on a good day, we'll have 30 or 40 customers, unique customers that'll come through the door. Um, there are days, uh, yesterday, not a particularly great day in retail in Camden. We had, I think, four customers come through the door. But we can invite a guild and we'll have, you know, 12 to 18 quilters that'll all show up at one time and they'll come in the shop. So we'll do things like when they come in the door, there's a sign that says, uh, you know, Palmetto Stitches and Quilts welcomes the Lexington Quilt Guild. Um, we tell them if they come, we'll give them 10% off. We'll give them our, our standard guild discount. We'll extend to them. We'll give them 10% off today. And then we'll hop into, you know, our Rain Retail software and print them out a coupon that's got a date for next month. And we say, here's a coupon for 10% off for next month. Um, and you can shop online or you can shop in the store. Um, we collect all their information in rain and um, group them in a marketing group called Lexington Quilt Guild. So periodically they get a message from me that says, hey, we haven't seen you guys since you know June. Um, love to have you come back. And then we give them a little Cersei. We typically uh, a free fat quarter um, when, they, when they come in the shop. And then we hand them uh, a map. And the map has uh, not only our shop, but it has the location of the other two quilt shops. And then we hand them a card that tells them 20 restaurants in town they can eat at and three or four of our favorites. And if they go to our favorites and tell them, you know, Todd from the quilt shop sent me over, they get a free appetizer or they get a, um, you know, they get a little discount or something like that. So, so that's kind of been, that's kind of been one of our, you know, one, one of our things that we've done. And uh, it's, it's interesting because when people come in, like throughout the shop hop, uh, people know there's quilt shops, uh, three quilt shops in town, but, um, you know, a new customer comes from out of town and we have people that drive, you know, 75 miles on a regular basis. They drive 75 miles one way to come and hang out at the quilt shop. Um, and it, it always strikes people when, when I hand them a piece of paper that says, here's a map and here's, um, here's our location. Here's the other two quilt shops in town. Here's their name. Here's their phone number. Here's their website. Um, if you need something, I'll call them. Um, one of them closes at, I think, three o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, if it's close to three, we'll call. I'll call and, and say, "Hey, can can you stay open? I got a group of ladies that are coming to see you." Um, and people always look at us funny uh, and say, "I don't understand why you're promoting your competition." And again, for us, um, you know, we don't really view them that way. We 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 have some of the same stuff. Um, you know, they have some stuff they could buy from any of the three of us, but. But, you know, quite frankly, it's three different experiences you get when you go to the three different shops. Wow. This is just a masterclass on collaboration in your community. And I have seen some pretty incredible community collaborators, uh, you know, on my time on the podcast and just in, in the industry. But this is this is a, a masterclass, Todd. So <laughs> Thank you. I just want to say kudos to you and to your wife and and I think your son who's also you know involved in the business if I'm not mistaken is that correct yeah so so I've got a son and a daughter uh, neither one of them uh, neither one of them so um, my son um, you know we, we leveraged the fact that my son at the time uh, when we bought the shop had a girlfriend that loved horses we had a kit that we couldn't sell um, that had a horse on it and 
for somebody who had never sewn, um, he kind of cajoled one of the girls in the shop to teach him how to quilt and teach him how to sew. And he did this quilt with this big horse and this big applique. And, um, you know, four years later, we still, we still, he gave the, gave the quilt to his girlfriend, now his wife. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, that's been the example of if Will can learn to sew, then anybody can learn to sew because he's an outdoor hunting, um, you know, everything about him screams, not that environment. Uh, so, uh, so, and, and, you know, he and my daughter, both, uh, they have, they have other careers, other jobs, but you know, they're down helping us. They helped us with the move. Um, you know, they'll come in and help us when things get busy. So, uh, um, in, in that sense, it really is, I guess, a family business. Yeah, no, no, I, I love that. I had just read some, so I had, I had seen that quote yeah. on your customer highlight section of your website and that's how I knew. So, all right, Todd, well, we're going to go ahead and go to break. Okay. Um, and when we come back, I'm excited to dig in more on some customer experience. Stuff. Sure. Today's episode is sponsored by Like So. Like So helps quilt and sewing stores manage all the pieces of their business. It's great for managing fractional yards and pre-cuts, tracking inventory in-store and online, and creating classes and events that live right on your website. LikeSo also has built-in tools for communicating with customers so you can keep them in the loop and coming back to your store. The LikeSo system integrates with some of the biggest names in the industry, like Moda, Checker, Michael Miller, and more to make your processes seamless and incredibly easy. LikeSo does all this and more. For listeners of this podcast, LikeSo is offering 50% off your startup costs. Click the link in the description to schedule a demo and redeem this offer. And now, back to the show. All right, and I'm back, still here with Todd Warnock. Uh, just had what I view as a masterclass on communicating with your, uh, you know, collaborating with your community. Um, Todd, I want to dig in on on a couple more things. And, and one thing I said before the break is I want to really put an emphasis on customer experience because I think that's, you know, what you've communicated to me as something that is such a priority for you guys. Um, and, and with that, so if, you know, if you were to give advice, let's say there were other shops, you know, whether in the U.S. or Canada or wherever, that uh, were having questions about, you know, they're struggling with their customer experience. They're like, I really want to elevate my customer experience. Um, what advice would you give to a shop that is looking to improve, um, you know, just even incrementally on their customer experience? So I think there's a couple of things. One of the things, um, you know, a, a disadvantage we saw when we got started was we didn't know anything about the quilting business. So, you know, day one, we're trying to, to, to pick fabric and to do things like, you know, avoid the pitfalls of picking what we like. Um, you know, you want to buy what the customers are going to buy, but we didn't know what customers were going to buy because that wasn't our world. So we spent, um, a lot of time talking to our customers, um, uh, we invited our customers to come in when the fabric reps came in and sit down and to look at fabric with us. Um, we, oh, wow. So, uh, you know, they became part of the experience. Um, we were a shop that, you know, from a, from a demographic standpoint, um, the shop, you know, I think if, if I had had some metrics on the old shop, I suspect they would have been um, white females, you know, 60 years and older. That was the primary demographics. And so we looked and said, you know, how do we how do we expand those demographics? So we looked um, two places. We looked at yet young people. How do we get young people in, and how do we get the African American community in? 
And in both those cases, we reached out to friends that we had. We invited them into the shop and said, tell me what, you know, here's this quilt shop. Tell me what makes you want to shop here. Tells me what makes you not want to shop here. You know, what, what do you want to do? What kind of fabric, you know, do we need to be buying to cater to your demographic? Uh, so that was a big deal for us. Um, and then I mentioned, uh, either on the podcast or you and I were talking before, I listened to a lot of, of podcasts and, um, you know, we've got this phrase, you eat the meat and spit out the bones. So, you know, you listen to stuff and 95% of it doesn't apply, but there's these little nuggets. Um, and so, you know, for me, not being in the quilting business, the, the quilt shop became a little bit of a, um, like a science experiment. So we can, we can try stuff and if it doesn't work, you know, you put stuff by the front door and it doesn't get a lot of attention and you move it somewhere else. Uh, you know, it gets a lot of attention and those are, those are easy things to do, you know, far easier in a, in a one person, you know, one, one shop business than, you know, Walmart trying to figure out what do we put on end caps and stuff. So, so listen to a lot of podcasts. And one of the things that really came back was, you know, customers want to, um, you know, customers want to feel appreciated. Um, customers want to believe that you want them in their shop. And so, um, having a background in technology, you know, I buy stuff from Amazon and I buy stuff online all the time. Um, you know, our take was if we're going to compete, we got to figure out what, what can they not get from Amazon? And, you know, you can get anything product wise from Amazon, but what they can't get is the person that'll, you know, hold their hand. They, they, they can't get, um, the person that, um, you know, is going to let them touch and feel fabric. But the other thing that we did was we began to kind of develop a culture with our, with our staff that, you know, these are people that are going to come back to the shop. So when you have a conversation with them today and they're buying fabric to make a quilt for their son's birthday, then the next time they come in the shop, ask them how the quilt turned out for their son's birthday. Um, and by the way, their son's name you remember is this. And so, you know, things that, things that kind of make that connection. So people come in the shop, um, you know, when I think about it, we're not, we're not quite as automated as, you know, I'd like to be, but you know, when, when a customer tells us, Hey, I'm working on this quilt for, you know, for this thing that's happening in the future, you know, as it gets close, um, we shoot them a message. Um, you know, yeah. asking them about how it's going. Um, anytime we have a hiccup, um, we've empowered, powered our staff to, you know, to make price adjustments, to offer discounts, to give coupons. Um, so we tell people we're going to get our orders out within, you know, within 24 hours. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes our online inventory doesn't exactly match, especially around like yardage and stuff. You know, it turns out that we've cut over 15 yards. We've cut yards a little long and we get somebody buys the end of the bolt and, Online, we don't quite have enough. Every time something like that happens, we send a coupon. Hey, here's here's a 15% off coupon for you know for your trouble. Um, that's after we've called them and kind of worked out you know what do we do, but we we always try to do just you know just a little bit more, a little bit extra. Yeah, no, I I, I love that. I love the like just do a little bit extra, and I think that that comes back to you you know, twofold, fivefold, tenfold sometimes, you know, right, is is that when people, I think, start to notice that when you're doing a little bit extra, it really matters. And I think that, 
Um, that clearly has translated for you guys, because if I'm not mistaken, you recently expanded into uh, a location that's over 4,000 square feet. I, I don't know what your shop was before that. Yeah, so we were in um, probably just under, probably about 19, 18, 1900 square feet. Um, we are okay. in, we've got 4,000 square feet of space that's kind of dedicated to what we call quilting. We moved out of a shop that everything was shoved into you know, one little kind of square area. And we moved into a place that we've got an office, we've got a conference room, we've got a, a break room kitchen, we've finally got a real classroom, we've got a long arm studio, lots of retail space, wow. um, storage, uh, and then we've got some expansion space that we, we're that we're renting that we're still trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do with it. Um, right now we've got a, a soul machine repair guy who comes over once a week and does on-site repairs. Um, so, um, yeah, so, so, you know, for us, that was a, that was a huge move. We moved out of a, um, kind of a shared strip mall space into a place right downtown, a historic building that they renovated for us. Um, so, uh, just again, a totally different experience. Yeah, no, I, I think that's really fascinating. So a, along those same lines, I really wanted to talk about the mindset that uh, you and your wife had as you were trying to decide whether you should expand or not. And I think that that's something, you know, as the industry ebbs and flows, and, and we've seen even in the last few years, like some some pretty high peaks and some low valleys, right, as we, you know, COVID really gave us some high peaks and then, you know, coming down, people are concerned with inflation and, and the economy. And, you know, as, as we go through that, and that's natural, right? I mean, that's going to happen every few years regardless, right? Um, and for you guys, as you were considering, do we hang tight in this building or do we expand to something that I imagine costs more money to rent or, or however that works? Sure. And, and, you know, the, log the logistics we don't need to discuss, but you know, tell me the thought pattern behind really betting on yourselves and saying, we're going to really expand here. So, you know, again, we, we had, we had a decent amount of space for bolts of fabric and notions and things we hung on the wall. But what we didn't have was we didn't have, um, we didn't have a lot of training room space. Um, we're, uh, an APQS long arm dealer and we didn't really have room to have more than one machine. So we were, we were limited with, um, with our long arm space and, uh, like with the long arm stuff, we had we had done some kind of some marketing and said, hey, if we were to get into long arm rental, um, you know, would you be interested? And we've got a list of seventy five people that are waiting for us to to offer that. And we just didn't have the space. So, again, back to things that differentiate us from from everybody else. We could add a little more fabric, but um, you know, everybody in the quilting business knows there's not you know there's not a ton of margin on on fabric. And, uh, you know, we kind of, Kelly and I kind of joke, we walk through the quilt shop and, you know, you look at, you know, you look at your typical margins on a bolt of fabric. And so as you walk through the quilt shop until that bolt's half empty, you're not making any money. Um, and so you walk through the fabric shop and you see these bolts. So we said, you know, where, where are our big money makers? Uh, and they tend to be on the service side. So they tend to be on our long arming business. They, um, uh, I started to say they tend to be in our classes, but we adopted early on, a, um, you know, during COVID, a, a kind of a different strategy on classes. So previous shop would bring in an instructor and they would offer a class that would be, you know, 60 to $100 for a class. And, um, you know, during COVID, we couldn't have, first of all, we didn't have the space to do huge classes. Um, but during COVID, nobody wanted to, 
you know, nobody wanted to go to class with anybody. And, and I get that. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. But uh, so we started doing, um, we call them the $10 classes. So we would advertise these classes and we said, unless the instructor is sick, um, and the instructor is usually my wife, um, but unless the instructor or one of the employees that's teaching the class is sick, we're going to have the class. And so we taught and continue to teach a ton of classes that are um, one person and, uh, you know, teach one person. So it's one-on-one instruction. And somebody says, well, how do you make any money on a $10 class that lasts two, you know, two, two and a half hours? Um, so we offer the classes during class time. We tell people you're going to get one-on-one instruction, but our shop typically runs with one employee in the shop. So they understand, hey, I'm going to be kind of back and forth between helping you with this class and, you know, so I'm going to give you something to do, you work on it, and then I'm working, you know, I'm working the floor, I'm working the the, the register. Um, and that was, that was very, very successful for us. And it got people into the shop, um, a lot of first-time quilters, um, uh, came into the shop. So, so for us, that was, a um, you know, that was a strategy. So we looked and said, well, we could do a whole lot more if we had like a real training room. So my wife would tell you a real training room and a real long arm studio was probably a big impetus for us to, you know, to look and move because that's where our, that's where we see our big margins. Okay. Got it. Yeah, no, I think that that totally makes sense as, as you consider like where are your highest margins? And I think that that's something that, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and really considering how do I help with profitability in my business, um, I think those are the things that you really ought to start to look at are, you know, the margins on fabric, you know, how do you introduce other higher margin things or how do you increase the margins on the fabric that you're already selling? Right. right. Um so I, I love that. I love kind of the thought experiment of, you know, okay, sure, we can expand, but it's not just expanding for expansion's sake, right? It's not just to say that we're in a bigger building. It's because you have opportunities with these other spaces, right? right. And, and I think that that is such an important way to judge how do you consider expanding or contracting, um, you know, in, in your in kind of your building or your space. Um, and as we kind of, you know, coming up on time here, Todd, I just want to say, first of all, I have loved talking to you. <laughs> I think it has been just an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm curious, you know, you brought up your, you know, you're seeing, I don't know if this was on the podcast or, or before, but you brought up that uh, Camden's seeing a little bit of a transformation, um, you know, with the businesses. And, and I'm not exactly sure that what that means, but I think in general, people are wondering, where brick and mortar is going um and uh, you know it just and, and just main street usa your typical you know kind of you know business fronts that that are independently owned um because so many of these chains have have taken over and and, and you know right i mean we had we've had chains take over and then we've had them go out of business and, and you know I mean, the retail, you know, kind of space has been very interesting in the last 15 years as far as malls and and those kinds of businesses go. Where do you think, you know, just from what you've seen in Camden and in general, where do you see brick and mortar stores going in, you know, three, five, ten years? 
So it's interesting. So, uh, you know, so, so in Camden, you know, I think you and I talked before, you know, Camden's a, Camden's kind of a destination spot. We've got a lot of antique shops. We've got, um, um, you know, we've got restaurants, we've got a lot of civil war history and stuff. So, so people come to, you know, people come to Camden for, for that experience. So for us, the shop, um, you know, we want to make the shop kind of an extension of that. We've, we've, um, we've got some things planned coming up that, uh, will bring people into the store that are not like, quite frankly, you know, they're, they're not, they're not quilters. Um, but, but that's okay. We, um, you know, we do things that, first of all, we, we offer things that they can't get on the internet. So, um, you know, for our regular customers, I'll order something uh, from Amazon and get it two-day prime and make nothing on it because they're buying, you know, they're, they're, they've got 25 things on the counter and what they need is they need this special left-handed rotary cutter. Um, they know they can come to me and they'll buy everything that they need from me that I've got and I'll work to get them what I don't have. And so, you know, I'll tell them, look, if you'll wait a couple of days, I'll get you this left-handed rotary cutter that I don't carry. And I don't make anything on the rotary cutter, but they know the next time, whatever it is they need, they can, they can come to me. Um, and so, you know, all the way back to customer experience, uh, and I told you before the podcast, like I, I talk and I can be all over the place, but, but for us, the, the, the customer experience, um, you know, the person at Amazon's never going to know, you know, that your kids had a soccer game yesterday. They're never going to know that you're making this quilt for your grandmother. We do, we do a lot of t-shirt quilts. We do a lot of, um, like legacy quilts where we'll take somebody's shirt um, and make a pillow out of it for a loved one that passes away. Um, we do charity stuff. We do, we, we sew, you know, we're not a, we're not a seamstress shop, but we sew, um, we do all the repairs and all the, um, Jersey name tags on the back of the football team jerseys. Um, and people say, you know, and, and we, we don't charge anything for that. Um, uh, both my boys played football. And so for us, that's a way to give back, but, you know, those kids go home and their parents say, Hey, who's, who sewed, like who fixed your Jersey? Who sewed this stuff on the back of your, your Jersey? And, you know, we've got, you know, 17 year old football linemen, you know, telling their parents about our business. Um, so for us, you know, that, that kind of advertising, but you know, little things, people come in the shop and, you know, our goal is that we meet them, we meet them at the door. You know, we're not sitting behind the register tell them to look around. We're asking questions that engage them. Um, and for us, that's the differentiator between us and, and Amazon. Um, you know, I think that, uh, and, and evidence for us, evidence shows that, um, you know, you might save 20 cents on a, you know, on a $20 item, you know, 20 cents, 50 cents, buying it from Amazon versus buying it from me. But, uh, you know, I'm going to be there, you know, it, you want to know how to use it. Um, if it doesn't work like you want it to work and you need to swap it out for something else, I'll help you figure out what that thing is. Um, so, you know, engaging initially and then staying engaged, um, emails and newsletters and things like that, um, I think are what's going to allow the, 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 the brick and mortar shop that'll do that, I think is going to be okay. If you're going to be a brick and mortar that's going to try to compete with Amazon with, 
you know, absolute bottom of the line cheap labor who sits behind the counter and waits for somebody to come in and buy from you. I tell we tell our people all the time, I don't want people to buy from me. I want to sell to them. So when they come in the shop, you know, I want to be I want to be selling. They buy a they buy an iron. I need to help them understand that they sure would sure would like a wool mat with that. They buy a rotary cutter, man. You really need a a, a cutting mat to go with that. Uh, and by the way, if you'll bundle those two things together, I'll give you a fifteen percent off. Um, and they don't have to call me or they don't have to call Kelly. You know, we've empowered our our team to you know to make those decisions. They they know what our margins are. You know, they're they're part of the business enough that you know they want us to to succeed. Um, and so. You know, I've got friends who worry about things like employee theft and, um, and you know, how to keep, you know, reconciling the register every single day. And, and our approach has just been, you know, 180 degrees the opposite. Our employees know what we sold today. They know what our margins are on our stuff. Um, and it lets them make, you know, business decisions. Um, not every business decision, but it lets them make some decisions during the day without having to call us. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that, that uh, you know, empowering your staff to create that customer experience so that you can scale it, right, is, is kind of, you know, what I'm hearing is, is the way to future-proof your right. business. Um, and, and I love that. I think, um, you know, we are up on time here. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me today. I just... I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, you know, wish you and all the shops, uh, you know, the very best moving into the holiday season. Um, and, you know, thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks, Spencer. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening to The Quilt Shop. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating or review to let us know what you think. For more interviews with business owners, visit likeso.com slash interviews, where you'll find transcripts, show notes, and videos for all our episodes. Come, come, come.